does a great job. He is the media meister. He is actually, we have, a, um, we have all these babies coming out. And, uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Write it down. Yes, thank you. Thank you. For our online campus, I bet you're glad you tuned in today. <laughs> My daughter's going to have a baby. But uh, Farrell's were here first service. They had a baby. And, uh, yeah, we have a nursing mother's room. Just going to say... <laughs> The reason I brought Ron into that is because he does all of the media stuff. So just, you know, I met with, we're meeting with all the, the top team leaders that we have for the dream teams. And uh, we've asked them, you know, we're implementing some things. But uh, one of the things, Ron, his list is sometimes, you know, uh, we need a TV. Uh, we need a bigger one back there for the praise team so they can see that. We need a couple in the, maybe at least one nice one in the foyer cafe area. We need one in the... Uh, praise team room back here, nursing mothers, all that stuff. So Ron's just, bless his heart, taking notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's, I mean, things happen because that man back there. I love Ron Clayton. So anyway, give it up for Ron. Good job, Ron. Well, um, good morning. Um, I just, he just keeps me laughing. So I tell you, I'm good. entertainment for heaven. That's what I'm <laughs> I know are, that's going in the the pastor the PB look, book. She's writing of, it right now. I know. <laughs> so you you guests that are here going, what have we got ourselves into? He says funny things all the time, so you're not going to be bored. So I just I guarantee. Um, just I was praying during first service for pastor and God. I just feel like He's given me something to say. It's not a real long something, but I just want to encourage you and share it with you. Um, <clears throat> So I don't know, um, lately I've just been hearing, you know, teaching about walls and maybe hitting a wall, you know, I don't know if some of you feel like you just have hit a wall and you don't even know what to do anymore. Um, you just have hit a certain spot and it just feels like nothing's going to change. You don't know how to break the wall down. Um, but I love the story about Jericho and yes. the walls of Jericho and they were big walls and God told the Israelites to go march around those walls and not say a word. And, ooh, do you ever just feel like, I can't do that. I can't not say a word, you know. But God bless them. They didn't say a word. But then on, was it the seventh time around, they gave a great shout and the walls came down. Now, I don't know if God's, you know, I don't know what God is saying to you through that. But I want to encourage you <clears throat> because I know in my life I've hit walls. Um, and sometimes it's caused me to want to quit because I'm worn out. I just get frustrated and tired and I'm just like, I, this must be God's will. You ever hit that where it's like, I've done it, done it, done it. I don't think it's God's will. I think a lot of times we stop short. Um, there's a time, and if it's not his will, he's going to tell you because he's not a cruel father. You know, if my kids are doing something, and I'm not going to stand there and watch them just do it, do it, and go, I know it's never going to work. It's not what they should do. I would tell them, God loves you. He wants, to, he wants to do life with you. He wants you to do life with him. He gave you your beautiful life, and he wants you to do what he has called you to do with it. So I just wrote um, some things down, so I'm going to read those. Um, if you have hit a wall, keep hitting it. Keep hitting it until it falls. Partner with God. He gave you this beautiful life. Now what will you do with it? 
God gave you this life to steward it, to take care of it, partner with him. All of his promises are yes and amen, and there are over 7,000 promises in the Bible. And I love this scripture, 2 Corinthians 1.20, for all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ, so he already did the work. Jesus already came and fulfilled that on the cross, so they're already done, but then we have a part to play. All of God's promises have been filled in Christ with a resounding yes. So he said, yes, here are all my promises. And we, I'm sorry, I lost my place. And through Christ, our amen, or so be it, which means yes back, ascends to God for his glory. And I've heard it said this way in another um, translation of the Bible. All of God's promises are yes, he says yes, and we go amen. So we partner with him. We have to believe his promises. He didn't give us those promises to go unfulfilled. So I just want to encourage you. And I know I'm not making light of maybe, I don't know anybody's situations really out there. But I just want to, um, sorry, my kids are here. I'm sorry. Hi, guys. So um, we interrupt this regularly scheduled program for me to have a grandma freak out moment. Okay. My granddaughter is here. So back to this. All of God's promises are yes. And amen. So I don't want you to let the enemy, you know, he can kind of smudge and fudge lines like, well, that's not for today, or this is not that, or, or something has happened in your life that goes totally against what God's promises say. You keep standing because God said it. Yes. He sent his son to die on the cross to fulfill all those promises, and we grab hold of those and lay hold of those, and we say amen. So I just want to, I just really feel strongly that is a word for all of y'all today. Just keep pushing through, and the most important part is you get along with God. Listen to him, and he will lead you and guide you. His word says you'll hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it. So I just want to encourage you in that today. Absolutely. That's awesome, isn't it, guys? Bless God. Thank you, Pastor Kent. Well, I mean, I don't need to preach. Thanks for coming. She actually, she didn't know what my message was. I send all my notes to uh, Mallory, and, uh, and then she puts them on the, you know, the Bible app and all that stuff. Uh, so she was back. I didn't see her come out first service, so I was like, I don't know where she is, but um, that's awesome. And I saw my son and his lovely wife and our granddaughter walk in, and that's where mom is back there now, see? <laughs> I love you, bye. <laughs> and she says, I'm in her. Yeah, okay, but she's awesome. Well, we want to talk this morning about a, uh, a new direction, and so it kind of goes along with what uh, Pastor Kim is saying. So um, the choice is going to be yours to take this new direction. If you've hit the wall, if you've, you know, you're just struggling. So there's so many people, and, I, and I've been here before as well, that are just going through the motions. You know, you're kind of just, you, you exist. It's just another Monday. It's just another Tuesday. It's just another Wednesday. Hump day! You know, and just go through all of that. You have all of that stuff, and you get it. And it's like, when is it ever going to change? We want to go on vacation, but we don't, and we don't do this, and I wish I did that, and I don't, and all of those kind of things. And we talked a little bit about that last week, where Paul says, the things I want to do, I don't. And the things I don't want to do, I do. And we can all say, ah, mm, yes, I gotcha. You know, I, there's things that it's just like, I want this to change. So many times we say to ourselves, I, if I just made more finance, I had more money, then life would change. And yes, life probably would change, but your answer isn't money. Your answer is God. Money is a tool. And so if we just understand getting a direction from God, 
And I, you know, I don't want to live paycheck to paycheck. I want to be above and beyond that. But I think life should be like my wife said. I don't want to put it this way. Life should be in color, not black and white. I mean, I should be able to live my life and be like, yes, I want to have fun. I want to do some fun things. And there's times in my life I've, I've had regret. You ever have regret? Some of the things that we were talking about, remember last week I said, you know, if you want what you want most more than what you want now, you'll, you'll succeed. Because sometimes what you want most is going to, what you want now is not going to help you get there. And you have, this is what happens. You either live your life, discipline either brings this, discipline, to, to want, I'm going to do what I want most, or regret. I wish I'd have done that. I wish I wouldn't have done that. So we want to look at a couple things today. Hopefully this will just help you. Um, here's the fact. If, you're, if you get up higher, your view changes. Now, you know, I don't know if you go to the popcorn festival. I like the popcorn festival because, I, I, you know, I believe we're called to Marion, so I love Marion, so I like, you know, going to the popcorn festival. Plus, I like to eat the food at the popcorn festival. <laughs> but anyway, when Mallory was little, and, and actually the, her brothers, which my youngest son is back there, you know, we'd take them there, and they'd, be, they'd just be little squirts. I mean, I remember taking Mallory in an umbrella stroller. How many remember those? Now you get strollers that pretty much are like the Mach 5 or the Batmobile, man. They, they've got <laughs> buttons that make them do all kinds of things. They've got drink holders for you. We had it rough, man. We didn't get no drink holders. You had to hold everything, diaper pail and all that. But anyway, <laughs> hey, I'm working. Just help me out, okay? <laughs> See, some mother goes, diaper pail? <laughs> so... Moving right along. Anyway, her viewpoint is basically looking at people's knees. You know, she can't see anything. I'd be like, oh, look at that. And she'd be like, I can't see. So I remember picking her up, putting her on my shoulders, and then her eyes were like, oh, sometimes God needs to pick us up. We need to get with God. Let him hold you a little bit. Let you see what he sees. Because in the midst of stuff, we don't see things so well. I believe 2019 is going to be a great year for you, and I want you to believe it too. I want you to say, you know what, this is going to be a different... I'm going to take a new direction. I'm tired of the same old thing. I want to start different. But you've got to put your hand to these changes. You've got to help me help you, okay? I need your help to get there. I need you to get excited about something. I need you to say, you know what, this doesn't have to be this way. Some of you are like, well, Brett, I, I don't see any change yet. Well, get excited because it's coming. Can I just say, if you plant springs about here, if you plant flowers, you can't see the flower. You planted it until it pops through the dirt. But the truth is, it's growing. It's working its way that way. You just can't see it. Faith works like that. You can't always see it happening, but you know it's happening. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. Let me tell you why I qualified to talk to you a little bit about maybe going through some stuff. Me and Kim have been married 34 years coming up. I think I got that right. She's not in here, so I got that right. <laughs> so, you know, but in the beginning, you know, we didn't do everything right. If we needed anything, dun -da -da -dun -da -da, charge it. Anybody ever live like that? And you just think, my intention was, well, that'll be easy to pay for. I'll be able to pay for that. No problem. I paid all the way to bankruptcy. Went through that. It'll be on your record for seven years. It's on your record for 10 years. I know. 
I had to dig myself out of that hole. That's no fun. Our first baby was a boy, stillborn. That's no fun. I mean, already, life hasn't been paradise with me. So, you know, we, we had to figure things out. Now, God didn't kill our baby and all that. We're not going there. I'm just saying all of these things were going on. So living on love wasn't paying bills. Sounded good in the beginning. It's funny how we'd show up at my parents' house or her parents' house all about supper time. Oh, have you guys eaten? Uh, no. Of course, it was always a challenge if I showed up at my mom's house because you never know what she'd pull out. You want to talk about a magician, she could put anything together. The other day I was at her house. This was, I just love talking about my mother. She's here, so I'm talking right to her. Well, I was at her house, and I, she was making some, some pork something, ribs or something. And I, and, but she was doing something over the stove. I said, what do you make? She goes, barbecue sauce. I said, okay. Do you know how to do that? She goes, and she's got a fork, and I don't know what she's putting in it, but she's putting stuff in it. And it's bubbling. When I came to, no, I didn't. <laughs> anyway, there's stuff that will put you in depression. Sometimes just living life, that Allstate commercial, life comes at you hard or whatever that is. Isn't that true? And the Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust. So there are some things that sometimes happen to you that aren't fair. You, you're unjustly accused. There's just, there's just crap. And it's just not fair. And you're like, God, I, I've hit this wall. I need a new direction. There's people that are just... Social media is an amazing thing, but it also is very misleading. Because on social media, most generally, either people either throw out all their laundry or life never affects them and they just walk on the water. And sometimes you're just like, really? So I, I have a tendency just to stay for myself. I'm not a big social media buff. Um, but God is just an amazing God. There are things that happen in life that you, you may not be the answer. You don't have all the stuff uh, to answer that. But some people you know eat others drink some do drugs some quit because all these things they they find another outlet some play the blame game some have a continuous pity party some just get bitter some get mad at god some get mad at people some just you know they just want to go and live like a hermit and be by themselves and you know and i i get pain we've all had some pain of one kind or another Sometime you'll hear this, but hopefully you'll hear it today. Here's our first thought. The only one that can change your life is you. Now, certainly God, but you have to submit to that. You are the one that's in charge of the authority of your life that God has given you. You know, for me, I was tired of struggling in certain areas. Now, you know, I, I grew up, um, my parents were always good to me. I, I make, you know, I pick on my mom a lot, but I love her. She's always been a great mom, um, and she's been very... Uh, creative. She, she will make anything out of, you know, she's like the, she like probably gave Pollyanna lessons. Mom, this is terrible. This, this is terrible. Well, it's better than having nothing at all. Okay. Or I'd lose something. Mom, I don't know where that is. It must be somewhere. But she, you know, where was the last place you, you saw it? If I knew that, I'd have it. But anyway, 
life is like that, and I get it. The struggle is, is real. But I was tired of myself. I was tired of things. Uh, I look in the mirror, and, you know, Kim and I just went to Amish country yesterday, and we walked up some steps. Um, and, you know, we were just looking at, you know, we were just shopping, just holding hands and shopping and spent the whole day over that way. Amazingly enough, as cold as it was, it was pretty busy. But we were walking up there, and we were coming back down this flight of steps, and uh, I smiled and said something to her. I said, you know, there was a time this, this hurt my knees. And she said, what? I said, going up and down steps hurt my knees. And the last time I went up steps years, you know, not that long ago, I remember feeling winded just from going up one flight of steps. And she said, you never told me that. And I said, that's right. I never told you that. Because I just kept that to myself. But that was part of the struggle. That's part of the wall. And I figured out, Lord, I, you know, this is what really is the truth. We'll deserve what we tolerate. If I'm not willing to make choices that it's up to me to change, then I won't change it. So this is what bothered me. I didn't like how it looked. I didn't like what I, because when I, when I met Kim, I was a competitive bodybuilder. I had managed a fitness center. I just got back to town and blah, 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 and all that. And she was, you know, she looks fine. I mean, she's always looked fine. She looks better now than she did even when I met her. The only one that really changed by osmosis over that time was me. Um, she's a really good cook, as if you couldn't tell. But she was, and she is. So, you know, I, but I was tired of me. I was tired of my health issues. So I had made up my mind. I had made my choice, and I put my hand to it. And the result is I lost about 65 pounds in about four months. And now I'm, I'm doing something a little different than what I did to initially get the weight off. I'm doing something else that I used to do before, and it's working, and I'm, I've got another phase I'm going through. But my point is this. I had to make my own choice, but I like me better now. I like the fact I could walk down the steps and up the steps and it brought no pain. I like the fact that I, I didn't feel my chest being tight or I was out of breath. I like the fact that when my grandkids get older, I can play with them. I like the fact that I'm going to live longer because I'm healthier. Those are choices I make. I want to be the best version of me I can be. And for that to happen, I have to choose. That was my choice. I don't know what your choice is. It may not be weight. It may be something else. But I need you to, to look at yourself and say, I need to make this change. When your inside starts changing, your outsides follow suit. You know, when I met Kim, I had six-pack abs. I still have them. They just are covered up. <laughs> it's winter, and I'm going to unfold those some other time. But they're still there. Um, but anyway, life pushes you to choices. Everybody say choices. You go to a restaurant, the people at the restaurant don't know what you want. They're going to give you a menu, and you're going to have to choose. I want this, I want that. You're, they don't know, so you have to tell them. When you speak, life and death is in your mouth. This is what I want. Priorities change, and you have to be goal-oriented. Get your goals, speak your goals, live your goals. So in other words, to do that, some of you are like, that's my roadblock. I don't have any goals. I'm going to help you today. Our second thought is, if you change your thoughts, you'll change the way you live. The proverb says this, 23-7, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So you are attracted by the laws of attraction, the things that you focus on, the things that you put your brain on, the things you give your mental workout with, you, you, that's what happens. You've got to start saying, God, help me to, you know, let me start focusing on the things. What, what do you want? What do you want to do? What are the desires that you have? 
Philippians 4.8 says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what's true and honorable, right and pure, lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. When we roam too much, when we, we start just letting our mind just go on anything, I, you know, there, people will tell me all kinds of stuff. They'll say, PB, I don't, I don't know how to meditate. You know, but the Bible uses that. That's almost like a spiritual term. Well, you need to meditate on the word. I don't know how to meditate. Yes, we do. Do you know how to worry? You know how to worry, you know how to meditate. Because that's what, you, you just think about something. Oh, I this is never going to get better. This is, you know, how are we going to pay this? Or whatever the case is. Some of those walls are what you, you we've got to get past that. You see, if we roam and we don't focus on the promise and we focus on the problem, then when we're focusing on the problem, guess what attracts? We, we just, we're problem-minded. But if we're promise-minded, we focus on the promise and then the other is attracted. You might say, well, I don't know if I, I'm just telling you that's the way it works. Deuteronomy 2.3 says, you have been wandering around in the hill country long enough. Turn to the north. Have you ever had people, now I'm an Eagle Scout from Boy Scouts and I was a commander of Royal Rangers. And I had a, I, I remembered, I couldn't remember what it was called in the first service, but it was a Silva compass. If you're a compass guy, it's one you hold in your hand, and it has a true north. In other words, you turn until the needle inside goes north, and then you know, okay, that's north, and now you can make your degrees from there. Some of us are just roaming, and, and let me just say, you ever got a phone bill because you didn't have, you know, unlimited talk and text? Roaming charges apply. So quit roaming. If you're tired of, I, I just can't get this on my mind, then what are you focusing on? You're going to have to focus on what God has called you to focus on. And when you focus on what God has called you to focus on, then some of the other things, they just drop off because you are focused on the promise, not the problem. You see, if we focus on the problem, we're, we're stuck because there's no answer when you look at the problem. But if you look at the promise, the promise says that problem's nothing. You can get past this, but you have to choose and you got to put your hand to it. That's what happens in church. We roam. Sometimes we just, people just get, we live in a day and time. There's, Marion has per capita one of the most populated church areas in the entire state. Maybe in the U.S., I don't know. I mean, in, in our population, there are over 70, maybe close to 80 churches now in Marion proper and I mean there's a lot of churches I'm not against church so if you're online listen you know all good but what I'm saying is if if we are people that as soon as somebody upsets us how many of people will upset you how many know you'll probably upset people we can all I'm taking my toys and going away I'm not playing marbles with you anymore whatever the case is if you go somewhere else guess what somebody's gonna play and make you mad or you're going to say something that's going to make them mad. You're going to have to deal with some of this stuff, and you're going to have to say, God, just help me grow up a little bit. So if you want something this year different than what you've had, write it down. Get goals. Get a vision board. Get deadlines. You know the devil hates deadlines. Now, if you don't make your deadline, can you go back and, yeah, you can go back and tweak it and all that, figure out why you didn't make it, and then make a new goal. But it, it helps you stay accountable. Romans 12, 2. This isn't one of the scriptures I, I gave Mal, but I put it in here. It says, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. Check this out. By changing the way you 
think. That's amazing. Then you will know God's will for you, which is perfect and pleasing. Look it up, man. That's awesome. In other words, if I'm connected with God, if I'm focusing on him, he's going to help change the way I think. Just like picking Mallory up. Mal, do you see that now? Daddy, I see it. I couldn't see it down here. You can't see sometimes things in the gutter. You need somebody to pick you up that, that brings value to your life, that you can see things out there. Thought number three, how bad do you want change? Do you want this to be a great year? How bad do you want it? Desperate times call for desperate measures. To get a radical change, you've got to make a radical movement forward. You've got to do something. To get something you've never done, you've got to do something you've never done. Or to have something you've never had, do something you've never done. I told a story in first service of a guy I worked with at Honda. And he was just like, you know, <clears throat> I need to lose weight. I'm like, okay, well, you know, what do you want me to do? Well, you, you, you know, you used to do that stuff. What do I do? I said, well, tell me what you drink. He drank anywhere, the minimum was six, but usually up to almost 10 Pepsis a day. A day. I like Pepsi, but that's a lot of pop. Now, I said to first service, if you, Bill Wyatt loves Pepsi, and he probably drinks more than that. And he'll just look at you, and he's skinny, and he'll say, don't be a hater. I don't know why that works that way for him. But this guy just cut one little discipline back. Now, check this out. Small changes that you make will make big changes that everybody wants. Changes that nobody sees will make big changes that everybody wants. You just got to give it some time. We have a, a society of wishes. I wish I had. I wish I had a good life. I wish I had a clean house. I wish my car was paid off. I wish I could lose weight. I wish I could look better. I wish, I wish, I wish. I wish I had this. I wish I had that. What we need instead of a wishbone, we just need a backbone. We just need to stand up and say, come on. If we are wishing, I mean, God, I'm just saying, we would, we would whine to the Lord. And, and we would eventually do it with cheese. Anyway, we would just we would complain, oh, Lord, we can't go anywhere. We don't have any money. And we, I mean, and which was true because we found out we were spending it. You ever track your money? I dare you to track your money for two or three weeks. Every penny you spend in a two or three week time, you will go, are you kidding me? Of what you eat out or whatever. I've, I've helped people find money. I don't have any money. I have no money. None. I told you last week, this person I helped, this is just one of the people I've helped before. Um, they don't go here or anything, so, uh, and, and they'll remain nameless, so if you're sitting here and you're new, oh, he's going to talk about us, no, I'm just saying this is a common thing, we don't have any money, they went to Starbucks twice a day, each drink they got at Starbucks is about a $5 bill, my girls love Starbucks, but let's do the math, and if they went five days a week at $10 a day, that's, I just found them $200 a month, go home, make your own coffee, Save the money. I, I can't do that. You know, how bad do you want change? There are people out there that we have no money, but they'll pay $180 for their cable. How bad do you want change? What do you have to have and what don't you have to have? I mean, just until. It doesn't mean forever, but until 
you get some, th- some stuff underneath you. Anyway, the Lord told us, this is what he told us. <laughs> you don't even save a dollar. Man, I'm like, I hate it when God tells you stuff that you already know you know. And he was right. We didn't even save a dollar. So we started saving a dollar and all of our change. And all of that in a short time period paid for the cabin on vacation. It's crazy. Little is much when God is in it. You need a plan. Write it down. Make it plain. What do you want this year? God is an eternal blueprint. And when you do life with God, it's like the, the order of how that is starts lining up with you. The blueprint. So you can get out of depression. You can get success. You can have it. You can see breakthroughs in that wall. Here's our fourth thought. If you shoot at nothing, you'll hit it. If you don't aim at nothing, well, I'm not going to do goals. I'm not making you do anything, but I'm just saying, if you don't do anything in five years, you'll be looking at the same you you got right now. God has better for you than that. He's got better plans for you than that. So don't shoot at nothing. No vision, no future, no fruit. You've got to start putting something down. What do you want? Without vision, people perish. Habakkuk says, the Lord said to me, write my answer plainly on tablets so that the runner can carry the the correct message to others. You know, that's what we started doing here at TLC. We gathered all our leaders in, and we had a meeting and said, we're making this as plain as we can. We simplified this. Here's the vision. Here's the mission of the church. Here's what we do. Here's what we're not doing. This is our part. Here's what we're asking. This is what God is doing with us. And the people are rallying around that. That's an amazing thing, because if it's plain, you can see it. This is what's great about God. There, everything's great about God, actually. But you've got to put stuff in front of you. I told this story in first service. I'm going to tell this, and I'm going to finish this thing up. I love the story of, of Abraham, one of our, you know, the father of faith. But in, in Genesis, and you, you remember the story when I, I told you I, I was getting up to preach at a, at a church, and, and everybody was in black and white, and three people were in color? That's where this came from. When the Lord spoke to me that day, he gave me this message. God had spoke to Abraham and, and told Abraham, take Isaac. Now, now think about this. Abraham and Sarah were old. They couldn't have any, any kids. And then God said, yeah, you're going to have kids. And so he takes Isaac. And God says, take him up to the mountain and sacrifice him to me. I mean, God already tells him. And and. So worship for that, even though that's not something he wanted to hear, started when he started getting the wood ready. In other words, when he's getting ready. Some of you just are probably like me. On Sunday morning, your bed is probably the most comfortable bed it's ever been all week is Sunday morning. Because the enemy is just like, stay in bed. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. If there's ever going to be a fight with your kids, it's going to be Sunday morning. I'm not going to church. Yes, you are. My mom would take me to church, and she told me, you will wear those pajamas. I do not care. We, she would do that. Anyway, Abraham gets worship right. So when you get up in the morning, no, I'm going to church. See, here's our mindset. I have to go to church. My friends, we need God to change your mindset. You get to come to church. You don't have to go. I mean, will the building fall down if you don't show up? No. 
But you get to come. You get to worship corporately with like believers. You get to say, God, you're so good. You get to get your mindset lined up with his. You get to break through the wall. You get to. So this is what he does. So Abraham takes him up. He tells the guys with him and Isaac, the lad and I will be back. Abraham is already speaking. This is what you need to understand. God has things he's put inside each and every one of you. And he wants them to come to pass. But you got to believe them. you got to get them out of you and get them out there. He is taking us like you're the piece of coal and there's a diamond in there. And so Abraham says, We're gonna, we'll be back. And he already knows. Abraham knows what has to happen. And there is no written word that doesn't say what happened when he straps Isaac up. It doesn't say, I, I don't know if he held, I, it does, it's not specific. Isaac asked him, Father, we have the wood. Where's the sacrifice? And Abraham already knows what it is. It's him. To lay the boy on the altar, to take a knife and, and be like, I, I, I don't know how you're going to do this. It's not our job to know how. That's God's job. Our job is to just get the direction and go, I trust you. Here's my point in that whole story. Every time you walk in obedience, every time, you might not understand everything, but you'll stand under it. God, I don't get it, but if you say it, okay, I'll do it. You'd be like Peter, Jesus, we fished all night, but if you say so, I'll throw out the net. You might not get it, but if you'll get this, listen to me. When you can't see it, when you don't see anything, when the wall is still there, dear God, it's looking at you in the face. It taunts you. It messes with you. It's, it's talking. You can hear it. But the more you're obedient, somewhere on the other side of that mountain, there was a ram heading towards a thicket. And I'm telling you, just as sure as you're hearing my voice today, I believe there were angels. Every time that ram wanted to go somewhere else, them angels were saying, no, no, you got to go this way. Got to go this way. And just kept going. Now, like I said, I went to Amish country yesterday. Remember, the ram was used as a sacrifice. Isaac wasn't used. Katie, come here a second. I, do you love Amish country? I love Amish country. Katie, I got some old-fashioned candy. I'm going to give her a piece, and if there's enough, we'll give you some. Just pull that, and we'll pull it down. Oh, jeez. <laughs> that was worth the price of admission, wasn't it? <laughs> Thank you. Come back, and we'll see that in slow-mo. <laughs> The reason I said that, that's our opinion sometimes of God. We get God, oh God, I, I, you'll do it for some. You'll do it for bread, but you won't do it for me. Or you'll do it for, but God is no respecter of persons. This is a matter of covenant. It's not about the covenant as much as, yes, you have one with him, but it's the covenant between God and Jesus. You can't break that. He already did it. So we get this idea from man that God is going to do something bad. But all good things come from God. We start with thinking, well, I, he won't do it for me. Yes, he will. I, I use that illustration just to say that's kind of how we treat God. Well, I hope, I hope it works this time. Katie probably will not do that for me again. 
<laughs> Jeremiah says, I know the plans I have for you, 2911, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. If you don't have vision before you go, you don't know where you're going. And if you don't know where you're going, how are you ever going to know when you get there? I mean, one of the things we said as kids going on vacation, I knew where we were going. But we said those wonderful words and that one phrase that we must have said five bazillion times. And then my kids would say it too. Are we? (sighs) When we traveled, we got shoved inside a car with grandma in the middle. And I love my grandma. Don't ever let her drink your pop. Because if you're eating any kind of cookies or anything, they're in the pop. I'm just saying. My kids would travel. We'd go to Disney World or something. They'd travel. They were in a van that had portable DVD player and video games. And they'd be like, are we there yet? It's too hard back here. Oh. Hard? (laughs) you need to thank god that you're at a church that's going to give you something besides just uh here's jesus on a flannel board you need something that's going to say i can do this god wants you to win he wants you to succeed he wants you to take the direction he's given you it's time this year for you to start getting your dreams met quit letting the enemy talk you out of what god has already said i've got plans for you turn to your neighbor and say let's do this Exodus 1-7, and I'm finishing. Their descendants, the Israelites, had many children and grandchildren. In fact, they multiplied so greatly, they became extremely powerful and filled the land. Say this with me. I will be fruitful. I will be full of increase. What I put my hand to will be blessed. I make good choices. I have goals. This is going to be a great year for me. Amen. Come on, give somebody a high five. This is going to be more than you expected, better than what you could think. This will be a banner year. That means above your expectations, a very good year financially, physically, emotionally. You're going to go forward. You have clear-cut mindset. You're going to get your mind switched on the promise and not the problem. I'm telling you, as as a kid, sometimes when we would go to the the, uh, cereal aisle, we bought, I'd make, well, I wouldn't make her, but I'd always, I'd, Mom, please get this cereal. I love this cereal. And I got to say, it was never probably, God's had to deal with me on that because I'm sorry, Mom. I'm just sorry. Um, I only wanted the toy in the box. That's all I wanted. You see, sometimes we just want, God, what's in it for me? What happens if to get what we want, we have to discipline ourselves sometimes to do some things that we know we need to do before you get the toy? You can do that. God will give you the breakthrough you've been praying about. Here's our last one. I'm going to read it up there. If I put it on there, forgiveness. You can't bring any baggage with you. You can't bring any baggage with you. What if your enemies, they don't like me. They didn't like Jesus either. But you're going to have to be loving. You're going to have to treat people with love and respect. Whether they treat it back to you or not, that is not what they do to you is not the hinge on how you treat them. And I need to live by that too, so please, I'm preaching to myself. So ask yourself this, can I love the way God wants me to love? 
What's the last scripture I had up there? I turned off my iPad, so why don't you put it up there? 16.7, when people's lives please the Lord, even their enemies are at peace with them. Do you know sometimes your enemies just want to get away from you because there's so much God on you, it just grates them the wrong way? That's okay. Let it grate them, I guess, but just love them anyway. My challenge for you today is this. Those five thoughts, those five things are just saying it can be better than it is. I'm, again, I'm speaking to myself. I got a new vision board up this year, new things on it. Matter of fact, for me, it's my first very own vision board, vision board. Because it was always with Kim before. We always had one together. And we decided this year we'll have some things on them together. And we'll have some things that are just personally for each of us. Where are you at? Are you kind of like where Abraham's at? Maybe the task you feel like, oh, man. But you know there's some things you need to do in obedience. I'm just saying. There's a great future ahead of you. This is your year. Good things are coming, but you have to put your hand to it. God says he'll bless the work of your hands. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes, please?